Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Let's get to cabin country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. All right, well, welcome you back to Cabin Country again for another episode. I'm, of course, Bjorn Lloydstad, and next to me is Fudd Klugman. Howdy do. How you doing tonight, Fudd? Doing pretty good. Good. Well, on this segment of uh, Cabin Country, we're going to talk about something that seems to be an unfortunate reality with uh, heading up north and the, or heading out west, heading down south, wherever you're headed, crossing the state border. Um, if you're bound for the cabin and the lake country sounds of the wind through the trees there's inevitable car time and quite a bit of car time usually involves uh, that's right especially for the younger set um, most boring the dullest chunk of time <laughs> in your life there it's it's you want to be there you want to be there now uh, sadly enough probably the repeats of are we there yet which oh uh, yes you've made this trip a couple times you know full well Right. We're not there yet. And so, uh, Fudd, we are looking at the travel time required to get to that place you want to be. And uh, we all know that place is, is the cabin and the lake and the dock and the water skis and all that great stuff. So the thing that always comes to mind for me, I know both our dads were working fellas. They had a job, and by gad, they were gainfully employed. And that meant... On a summer night, unless time was taken off, you were leaving on a Friday night. Right when everybody else (laughs) was getting on to Highway 10 or or, uh, whatever road they were taking up up north. And in my case, it was up north. I think yours as well. Yep. You you wanted to get the the jump. But everybody else was getting the jump on the Friday evening departure, so... Kind of turned into a drag strip to some extent. There were segments... I remember the old Highway 10 going through Blaine, Anoka, etc. The grand old days of the stoplights. And just... We avoided it. At all costs, we avoided it. In fact, we wouldn't hit 10 until we could kind of jump in somewhere around Monticello or something. We could avoid all those stoplights. But my dad drove that stretch through the cities, headed north, like... 
perhaps he was racing for a professional team. Uh, he wasn't a speeder to speak of, but he, he loved to weave. There was a lot of weaving through traffic. And what that meant was, regardless of what was happening, you were sneezing your fool head off, nosebleed, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter, I've just passed 75 cars. <laughs> yeah. We are not stopping to get behind them, so I have to do it all over again. And I don't know how that flew in your house, but I know that was that was part and parcel for the, the trip north. I don't know what it is. It's a, I don't know if it's a a dad thing, a guy thing. It's but it's like no, we're getting it and we're gonna keep on the road until. And I don't know. Uh, our our drive was uh, well. It seemed like six hours, but it was only two and a half, three hours. Yep, same same three hour shot. Two and a half if he was really feeling feeling his oats and hitting hit, right. hitting the gas. Hitting the gas, without a doubt. Always accompanied by a radio station you really didn't want to hear. Well, yeah, with with my dad, it was a mix of popular songs from the previous 20 years. Uh, if my mom happened to come along, she was a... Well, she, she liked the modern music, so it was sort of... So it was either pop hits of today or pop hits of... 20 years ago. It, yes, and uh, I didn't really care for either one of them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I would have preferred at the time. But. Well, if you could get your station for a while, too, it would last for about 15 minutes, and then there'd be an, oh, I don't know how people can listen to this garbage, <laughs> right. and, and cranking it back over to something mainstream and huge and AM. Oh, yeah. AM and, and monotone. It was unbelievable. Crackling through the speakers of a Ford Pinto, and uh, as you sat in the back hatch... Which I don't think is legal at this point. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, rubbing up against the polystyrene squeak of a huge Schmidt cooler packed with everything we were going to eat for the next two and a half days. And I say two and a half days, maybe two. Because you were going to beat the traffic to get up there. And uh, well, not to show our hand here too early, but inevitably it would turn into when do we leave to get back home <laughs> to again beat the traffic and not get caught in some kind of, you know, awful cattle call standstill somewhere an hour shy of the Twin Cities. And, uh, and would it, it would happen anyways, or, or did, was your dad successful? Well, you know, he was a guy, he was a farm kid, he knew small highways, he liked small highways. We would take every back road we could to some extent. I think the benefit being maybe we're not stuck in freeway traffic, we're moving. Now we've added an extra 45 minutes, <laughs> and we're going through towns you didn't even know existed. Uh-huh. And you maybe get caught behind farm equipment. You maybe get caught, you know, behind Grandpa and the Blue Blockers, who is just kind of out checking the fields at 30 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> you know? but, oh, yes. but, but, hey, we're still moving. We're not sitting. We're not sitting still. That's right. There's two lanes. If you need to, you make sure it's clear. You pass. And we'll get around this, this tractor, by God, one way or another. So always kind of interesting. But yeah, that barrage of music and it gets stuck in your head. And, you know, I'd have a whole weekend of Helen Reddy, uh, the Carpenters, and no no slam intended to these artists. Uh, no lawsuits needed. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the legal department can help us on that one. But boy, that Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow, Helen Reddy. Anne Murray. Anne Murray. Michael oh Johnson. God. 
Yes, indeed. People singing something about Bogey and McCall. I don't even remember who that was. Oh, Here's looking Ru- at you, kid. Rupert Holmes is that his name? No, Mike. Well, he was he was your pina colada guy. Oh, okay. He was he was talking about <laughs> yeah. pina coladas, and there was the, the requisite kind of oh from my parents about oh he's t- drinking something. This is <laughs> I don't. Know. My mom was a church organist and uh, into the classical music and the spiritual music and anything popular from say the 1950s as long as it didn't involve a guitar and she referred (laughs) to the stuff that they'd occasionally play on some of the big stations something involving a neighbor I'll just leave it at that (laughs) well they're playing that yaha music again she always Uh. called it yaha music I'm not quite (laughs) sure the stuff blasting out of my room at the end of the hall was yaha music she didn't like it didn't like it at all so yeah there was plenty of plenty of talk and Weather, what's it going to be like? Greater Minnesota this weekend. The weather's going to be horrible. And that could even that could even kill the trip if we were going up. I mean, it, it would generally boil down to, well, we got to get up there. i got to mow the lawn. Right. Yeah. i got to mow the lawn. Yes. And make sure nobody did anything to our place. And then, you know, if the weather's that bad, we'll just turn around and come back. And all you could think as a kid was, oh, no. <laughs> we're going to make that, we're going to make that Exodus-style journey and then... Dad's going to mow the lawn. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to mow the lawn. Get all nice and gritty, and pine needle dust, and then we're going to turn <laughs> yeah. around and do it all over again. Ah, uh, yes. Now, on a side note, not to take away from the, the, the travel, but the lawnmower, I even enjoyed that. Yes, I would want to do it, but it, did, your, did your lawnmower work? Well, most of the time. What happened was... And I, you might have a different tale here, Fudd, but I can tell you that in our situation, we would kind of wear out a lawnmower at home. And my dad was like, again, a child of the Great Depression. You know, if it's still vaguely functional, you fix it, you get it back up and running, you talk to the <laughs> local mechanic that you trust who, you know, can fix these kinds of things. And then the old lawnmower, again, I'm sitting in the hatchback of a Pinto, and I'm sitting next to... A greasy, grass-smelling, you know, maybe a little old dog remnant on the tires. That's going up to the cabin with us in the back, all folded up. And, uh, yeah, it worked. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it was like trying to start a chainsaw, which could also be in the same boat. And I'm guessing some of you know what I'm talking about. It's sat in the shed all winter. You put new oil in it, you fill it up, and you pull until your arm has gone numb. And it's still not starting, You think about who's the local mechanic I can bring this into to create some noise for my neighbor's benefit. But, yeah, it worked. Um, It was always one of those that that just sprayed the stuff out to the sides. And I'll I'll tell you this much about where I went as a kid. It was an old resort. um, And the back lots, you had a a front yard, and there was an old service road that kind of cut your yard in half where the owner of the resort used to go through, you know, once or twice a week and pick up people's trash, bring it out into the woods on another service road he'd cut, and then just throw it out in the middle of the woods, <laughs> which became a treasure trove for me as a kid. As a um, beer can collector, I was a collector of old junk, and I, you know, right. would be a budding antiquer, I guess, as a kid. It's all going home. It's going to go in my room. I'm going to fix it up. It's going to be cool. <laughs> And my parents, God love them, were, were cool about that. Um, I think it got me out of their hair for a while as I, you know, climbed about the trash out in the old dump um, where people would shoot holes in beer cans with, with twenty two rifles. I'd, I'd find those cherished cone-top beer cans, you know, Schmidt City Club. 
Oh, yes. Rip full of holes, and I'd just wince. You know, this could have been worth, <laughs> according to my book, $35. Yeah, whoever's going to pay that. But, uh, yeah, so the service road, and it cut through, and then that separated your backyard from your front yard. The backyard, it was big. It was like 100 yards deep and maybe 70 yards wide. But it was all old pine trees once upon a time. So the grass was thin, very rocky, and just old, old, old pine needles everywhere. And really rough, sharp, dry grass. So you'd cut this lawn, and it was a constant, just clouds, of pine bits, clouds of pine bits. Yeah, you wore sunglasses so you didn't get stuff in your eyes. And when, when you were done, it was basically take your shirt off, jump off the dock because you got to get right. You know, yesteryear's pine pine boughs off your off your skin. Um, but yours didn't work. It sounds like. No, all I remember is just uh, pulling and pulling and pulling. And uh, taking everything out and wiping it down, soaking the spark plugs in a little gasoline to try to evaporate any oil that's got on it. Hanging on for your life, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, same story, you know, you you don't just pitch an old a lawnmower, that's the one that goes up to the cabin and... Nurse it along. Everything was like that. It was if it wasn't the boat motor, it was that we couldn't get started, it was a lawnmower. Well, I've been... It's intermission time. Thank you, Don. Thank you. All right, good. That's that's uh, now it's a word for our sponsor, and Don will tell us exactly which sponsor that's going to be. So hang tight, and we'll continue with Cabin Country in just a moment. Cabin Country would like to thank you for making the Cabin Country podcast the number one podcast on GSPN, the Gas Station Podcast Network. If your favorite gas station doesn't play Cabin Country while you are at the pumps filling your tank. Please tell them that you want to hear Cabin Country while you gas up. Nothing says gas like Cabin Country. Tonight's broadcast brought to you in part by Fadden Gloves Holiday Botels. Floating vacation palaces for you and yours. Fishing, cruising the lakes, or pulling up to your favorite lakeside establishment. Fadden Gloves Holiday Botels. Ossipee Corners, Minnesota. Also brought to you by Sombrero Muchachos Pinto Spins Especial. And by Livewire's Bait and Tire. Better than good, they're okay. How's the bait? All day. How are the tires? All day. How's the bait? Okay. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country. How's the bait? Anyway, let's get back on the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Driving along and and listening to your parents' music choice. Maybe trying to read a book. uh, Trying to read a comic book. Staring at some road signs. Whatever. Every now and again. um, It was my experience. Again. uh, I was the last kid in the family. So there was a little more money floating around as the, my sisters had grown up and moved out, and it was just the three of us headed up. And uh, I think it harkened back to my dad's sensibilities from the Great Depression in the 40s, the 50s. Um, I was always screaming for the traditional road junk food. If, if it, <laughs> hey, we could, it's, it's dinner time, and we were out of the city finally. We're into the countryside. And, you know, you got two lanes going one way to the other. Maybe we can... There's some towns coming up and big towns, you know, all this kind of stuff. And 
We're going to stop somewhere, and I would always want to go places they were not intending we were ever going to set foot. Um, and you can just run through the list in your mind of, of fast food joints that nine-year-olds like. But it, it, it was a, it, there were three specific places. And again, I don't think we're going to run the risk of any lawsuits. I don't think they exist anymore. I know of one for sure. We've been on the road for two hours. We had another 45 ahead of us. People were tired. People were hungry. Sun was already starting to set. And we'd hit a town called Piers, Minnesota, which was about 25 miles, 25 minutes maybe, south of Brainerd. And uh, there were two places. Um, ironically enough, I married someone who spent a lot of time in Piers as a kid and had relatives there. And uh, she was a big proponent of something called the Star Cafe which I remember seeing, and we drove by it every weekend, went another block up to something called Main Street. The Main Street Cafe. And I, I, you don't care when you're eight or nine. The food is just food, and you're eating whatever you're eating, and it's there it is. I'm just going to eat it. I'm happy now. Always the candy counter on the way out. If you played your cards right, you might get something. Um, what about my allowance? You know, hey, you know, <laughs> I'll mow the lawn twice. I don't know, yeah. but I want those, you know, bottle caps, or I want those chuckles or whatever, but... Uh, my dad loved these kinds of places because it was always a guy or an old woman behind behind the the scenes. You could see them through the window, right? You know, the pickup window and and a, a white apron and making things that seemed to fit the needs of people who grew up in that time period. So he was at his happiest. He'd order something like a hot turkey sandwich with mashed potatoes and gravy, hot <laughs> beef sandwich with mashed potatoes. It was always one of those two. That was it. And I don't even remember what my mom ate. I, I, I kind of got the feeling she was just sort of along for the ride. So, <laughs> yeah. so she'd pack the coolers I was sitting next to behind the lawnmower. And, you know, well, here's what we're having when we get there. But I just remember thinking there was that place. There was a place in uh, in Princeton, which might still be around. I'm not quite sure, but it had the interesting moniker, the K-Bob, another place just like this. If somehow the traffic wasn't awful, we'd stop in Monticello. It was a place called Stella's, and it was the same thing. It was, just, and my dad would always sit there and pine away nostalgically about wondering aloud at the past life of the grand old matron behind the counter who was doing all the cooking. And boy, it's a it's a homemade kind of place. This is good. This is this is what what you want. I'd sit there and say, well, it's it's certainly what you want. <laughs> but you know, if I you, you didn't, you just shut up and ate, and okay, whatever. And maybe I got candy. Maybe I got candy. If I got candy, it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything for the rest of the ride up. My dad was a hamburger fan. We would stop at a, at a uh, pretty well-known chain for a hamburger. I think, if especially if they had a deal. Lucky guy, Fudd. A lucky guy. But uh, yeah, I don't remember stopping that often. Again, it was like uh, yeah, the cooler. We had plenty of there's a sandwich, some lunch meat, salami, you know, some cheese sticks. Yeah. And uh, pretzel sticks or something. Some kind of drink. There were always these, if I played my cards right, until I was about 11 when I realized these don't taste good anymore. But you get these plastic small bottles with foil lids. Right. They're like barrels. They look little plastic. plastic barrels. And they were orange and they were red and they were green and they were blue and they were purple. And I think those were the flavors. Orange, green, red, blue, and purple. And they had some... You know, you peeled that foil thing off, and it said what it was, and it was just sweet. Right. Sweet sugar. and colorful. And Drink. You, and I didn't care. It came out of the cooler. It was cold. There you are. There was there was uh, 
the inevitable stop. We finally got to our destination, and now it was time to stop. So when we were in town, you know, for me, that town was Cross Lake. That's all I remember. There was a brief spate where we owned some lake property outside of Annandale. And uh, I don't know that it ever went anywhere. I remember going out there a few times to mow a, a huge lawn on the front of a lake. There was no property. It was property, obviously, but I mean, there was no structure. And there were plans of what was going to get built there. Always kind of toyed with but never really acted on. It always, the lake, that particular lake always smelled like snails, algae, and cow manure. <laughs> and uh, it seemed like every time we got there, it was raining. Oh. And uh, my sisters were still around at that point. I was, I was a little sprout, but my sisters were there, and I remember them just sitting in the car reading a book and saying, when can we leave? <laughs> uh, the benefit there being it was a grand total of about an hour and ten minutes away from home. Ah. But uh, one of those things where the, there's cabins and barns and cows in the water (laughs) you say to yourself is this something i really want to jump in at that time i i don't even remember but uh yeah that that was the one of them but but boy when we got to cross lake finally and this was the north country now there weren't cows there were no cows there was pine trees and maple trees and oak trees and docks and speedboats and i loved it you know no wading cattle no floating anything you couldn't identify (laughs) for the most part we get to town now was the time to stop and put gas back in the car so you don't have to leave. You don't have to do it when it's time to leave town. Right. The tank right. is full, and we're not going to make any unnecessary trips while we're here. The beauty of that gas station, and there were a few of them in that town, was you fill your tank, and you go inside, and before you pay for your gas, you buy two dozen shiners, fatheads, yeah, some kind of some kind of minnow. They've got all the bait right there, the bubbling tanks and right. the big nets and the, you know, the bag full of air. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my dad would get to the point where he'd just bring along his bait bucket. Just go ahead, put them right in here. We'll just, sure. It's good. Just top it up. We're, yep. Hold this, son. Don't let it spill. <laughs> and I'd sit there, you know, lawnmower in my back, <laughs> squeaky Schmidt cooler against my spine, and now a slopping bait bucket between my feet. I loved it. I didn't care. Um, I'd sit there looking at the minnows, trying to grab them, you know, all this kind of stuff. Took care of that. One last stop. And that was as you approach the bridge going over that channel. I think we talked about this earlier in the program at some point. The the bridge going over the the channel where I watched uh, some denizen of the deep come up and eat a half-dead junk junk rough fish. You know, whatever. It was a rough fish. They beat it to death. The head's gone. And, you know, Loch Ness came up and swallowed it. (laughs) Right prior to that, and this place I know is out of business because I've been through the town since. In fact, I think we both have Channel Liquors, Cross Lake, Minnesota. Maybe some of our followers will remember the good old days of Channel Liquors. Right across from from a boat, a boat works, and uh, that was his last stop. That was his last stop, and he'd go in, and I got to go in with him because they always had dumb, dumb suckers. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd stand there, and you know, maybe I could mooch. A six pack, a Coke, or something. You know, hey, how about you know something better than the the drink right. Mom's got in the cooler? <laughs> Orange drink. You know, real stuff, real real fizzy stuff. You know, and uh, he'd get six cans or twelve cans of something American. You know, something something hoppy and American and easy to drink and cold. And uh, we'd walk out, and I'd have a dum dum shoved in my mush, and we'd get back in the car, and I'd hold the bait bucket, and try not to get <laughs> run over by the lawnmower. And it was, then we were there, you know, we were almost there. You were in town. It was good. I'd beg for snacks. They'd say, we just ate. You remember? 
you were with us. I'd say, oh yeah, and I'd start eating my candy, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good stuff. But yeah, remember that you don't really stop until it's absolutely necessary. You don't stop at one of those diners from yesteryear to think about, oh, there's mom back there behind the counter, <laughs> greasy apron, and she's making my hot beef sandwich, and and you don't okay. Once that's over, that's great. You get to town, tank up, get your bait, get your beer. Kid's got his dum dum. We're all good. Go to the cabin. Key to off, car doesn't move. <laughs> Unless you need something from the lumberyard. Maybe you're going to make that run. Oh, or mom's nice. getting bored and we're going to go to the antique stores because dad wants to work on the shed or do oh, some yeah. fishing. And mom's going to go into town and look at some antique stores. And I got—I kid you not, every other business in these small towns up north is an antique store. All the old stuff is up there, apparently. Apparently. There's anything, you know, any product you own, once it hits 20 years old, just vanishes and appears in somebody's home <laughs> in cabin country. So, And they, they mark it up to about 50 bucks and say, come on in. Have at it. Have at it. So that was that was the trip. Thankfully, the radio would turn off and no more no more sad songs about you left with my dog or anything along those lines. <laughs> Time to get to the business of cabin cabin stuff, you know. Righto. Warm up that TV, turn on the pump, let's go. We'll certainly see to it that the ads take off. Let me that boy. All right, Don. Thank you, Don. Indeed, the show cannot continue without a word from our sponsors or the sponsor of your choosing, Don. So go ahead and figure out which one you'd like to endorse at this time. Stick around for more Cabin Country after this. Bean feed. A long day's angling or an end to the afternoon's water skiing brings with it a trophy-sized hunger. And no place satisfies that hunger better than the Cracklin' Jack Pine, Crow Wing County's unique supper club. Cracklin' Jack's offers you the finest house salads with your choice of dressings, an anchor-sized foil-wrapped baked potato, and all the tap beers and mixed drinks you've come to expect when dining out. And the kicker? You get to cook your own meat to your own personal likings and tastes. Bring in your own porterhouse, T-bone, or New York strip. You're the chef. You decide when your meat is medium rare or well done. And if you'd like to leave the meat course to us, we proudly offer our half-pound whitetail frank, a mighty link that will sizzle and hiss on our custom 15 by 20 foot char grill that you'll find in the Jack Pine Grill Room. Any seasoning you might need is there for you, and you'll never run out of butter. Join us at the Cracklin' Jack Pine. Your chef's hat and apron are optional, and reservations are still strongly suggested. The Cracklin' Jack Pine is now proudly offering a mix of Roquefort and French dressings for those who like something a little different on their salads. We hope to see you soon at the Cracklin' Jack Pine. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fud Klugman, Cabin Country. Hey, you better watch your hat and coat. Well, one thing that came to mind, too, kind of touched on it already, but was the unfortunate reality of getting there and enjoying your first night and Saturdays into, into fruition and you've mowed the lawn and eaten pine needles and... Mm-hmm. 
you maybe got it started finally and got the dust and got it all cut and that's all good. Avoided the poison ivy. Poison, poison, oh, that seemed about the only thing. People would talk about poison oak. I've never seen this stuff. To this day, I don't think I've ever seen poison oak. Sting, stinging nettles everywhere. Uh, which I'm yes. told by poor missing in action deceased Yule Gibbons is totally edible. Boil it, and it's it's oh, really? delicious. Vitamin C packed, but obviously the, the grabbing of it, you're going to want gloves on. But uh, another topic for another day. We're all ready now as the sun is starting to set behind the oak trees across the lake and I'm watching people, you know, fire up the engines and get make oh our lights are on now. We got the front end lights and the flag is flying from our light on the back and we're gonna go out for an evening cruise. Maybe do some night fishing, that kind of thing. Evening. And I'm already starting to hear what I don't want to hear. And that is, well, when are we leaving? <laughs> when are we getting out of here? There's traffic. What are we going to do? Not the traffic. Now, is that your dad asking that or your mom? What? You know, it was it was usually started by my dad because he did all the driving. Oh, yes. And he just started worrying about it at some Well, yeah. You know, he got concerned about it. He was he was not a, I'm up to the cabin, I'm going to kick loose and knock back this old 12-pack and <laughs> late night and loud and maybe jump in the water in my birthday suit or anything crazy like that. <laughs> he was just, he was a upright fella, you know, and... Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock, time to have your mixed drink and watch Johnny Carson or whatever. I don't even remember what they watched. I mean, you know, whatever was on that one channel we got, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night in their pajamas. And neighbors are whooping it up and there's cars coming and going and they're already getting time to maybe think about turning in. And, um, yeah, there's talk already of, you know, maybe we should have left tonight. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm thinking, you know... We spent maybe 27 hours here at this stage. <laughs> what do you mean we're going home? You know, there's another big boat trip I want to do. There's a, I, the chain we were on, I could never tell. 15, 17 lakes? I don't, I don't remember. I know I never, you know, in the 15-odd years I went up there, we never saw all of them. We never got mm. to every lake. And I, I loved being in that boat and just ripping it open. You know, it was 16-foot tri-hull. With a 50-horse motor, and I thought, man, we've arrived. You know, we've, we've graduated from the 5-horse up to the, uh, we got an 18-horse. Getting pulled around on a kneeboard behind the fishing boat with the 18-horse Evan Rood and, you know, ripping it up, and this is great. We can finally get moving. remember watching my dad try to water ski behind that. He got some water skis. And my sister at the, at the helm of the 18-horse and just cutting it wide open, and my... <laughs> My dad on water skis, it looked like he was waist deep in the lake with two wooden tips up by his chin being pulled along, hanging on for dear life. It's like there's a drowning man on two boards behind a barely moving fishing boat going by the front of the cabin. And, you know, I wanted to be in the boat, and, of course, it was like, you can't, because then we slow down, and Dad's just going to sink, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we finally we finally graduated up to the, the quote unquote speedboat and it I think it could handle every and something up to an eighty or it'd be too heavy for the back of that boat. Right. So I kept pushing. Let's how about a seventy five? <laughs> you know? You could really haul me around the lake on those skis that you used to drown on. And um, Oh we had a fifty. Fifty by gosh, that was good enough. Used of course. Required a little maintenance every now and again. He was a former Navy mechanic. He could do it. It's fine. We got this. And so we had that, and I wanted to see every inch of every lake, and good Lord, it never did happen. Fifteen years, it never really did happen. But um, Saturday night, we're already thinking about 
What do we go home? We get up at five. What, what should we do? <laughs> and we could have breakfast on the road. I could make something. We'll eat in the car. No. <laughs> no, please. Please, God, no. Just as you're acclimating. And yep. I don't want to leave. Don't want to leave. It's not long before your dad's thinking about the turnaround. Turnaround. Let's get back home because the lawn home needs mowing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I got to go to work tomorrow. Well, you want to beat the traffic. You got to get home, mow the lawn before it gets dark, and get ready for Monday. And got to go to work. Got to go to work. It was a good day, a good week, when he'd taken more days off. And nice. as kind of his boss, his own boss, he could he could say, well, I'm, I'll be back on Wednesday. So then we could stay through to Tuesday, and he didn't have to worry. No traffic. Sunday night, he's mixing his drink and his jammies, <laughs> watching the one channel on our pink TV. It's supposed to be black and white. For years, it was pink. I, I could never figure that out. <laughs> I, I grew up watching pink TV at the cabin and getting the hog futures and things like that out of small town Walker and Alexandria. Weather reports. Weather reports. Hog futures. I could never figure that out, but you'd think I would have known coming from an extended family of outstate farmers. It's important stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Even if you're not farming yourself, it's just good to know. Well, I guess the farmers were in the area, so. They were, and we saw them. We saw them. They were retired, and they were cruising along in their homemade 55-gallon drum pontoons with their decalb hats and their, I went with Funk's Hybrid. That seems like, I remember seeing the baseball cap. Funk's Hybrid, and old guy with his pipe and going down the lake. And, man, other than the motor, you built every inch of that thing. I, I, I appreciate that. That's cool. Goes five miles an hour. There's no one on the lake. Everyone's left. The weekend's over, and you're out there just cruising around and wetting a line. Something he made himself. Somebody probably paid him to take the the metal off somebody else's hands. Absolutely. And... Got all these fifty-five gallon drums. I got no idea what to do with them. How about you make a boat? Oh yeah. Okay. 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 I'll, okay. I'll make a boat. Absolutely. Fud, we were talking about uh, so many things we might approach with the new episode and and uh, some of the old things that came to mind. Heavy weather in cabin country. What you do. When the weather gets nasty and you realize you're in a very small piece of real estate. Uh, That's right. Listening to uh, the sky open its fury. Uh, that was a possibility. And, of course, there's also the, the talk of, uh, for those keen on, on all the cable channels with uh, home decorating and interiors and all that fun stuff. The Oh, yeah. Who gets to decorate perpetual the Perpetual arguments. Who gets to decide the, the theme decor for... That cabin that you consider so serious a part of your your life is it is it who who wins out I guess ultimately which theme do you go with but uh, tonight we thought we'd take a, a tip of the cap to yesteryear just for starters and of course we're looking at a, a piece of Minnesota cabin country history the it's infamous classic. infamous and and sadly long gone Schmidt beer scenic can collection. I recall years back listening to uh, the twins on local TV and seeing, sadly, long gone uh, broadcaster Ray Scott. I'm Ray Scott. I'll be calling the plays for you during the first half. He tended to call a lot of sporting events, but he also was the voice on television for the Schmidt Scenic Collection. Get yourself a 24-pack today. Start your collection now. I miss those days. I've tried finding him on various uh, channels on the internet to try to See some of those great old spots and hear Ray Scott. Ray Scott. Ray Scott. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> hear Ray Scott's voice uh, bringing me back to my youth. 
Schmidt Scenics. I know my dad liked them. Time to time, there'd be various Scenics sitting in the cabin fridge, waiting for him to come down from re-roofing or priming the pump or something along those lines, getting the boat ready or the lawn freshly mowed. Boy, nothing, I guess, spoke to him. In the summer, like after a hot, dusty task, a cold Schmidt Scenic. The beauty, of course, fought of the Scenics. Care to take it? Each one had a nice scene of hunting or fishing. And I can't remember how many there are, but, but uh, I think when we were growing up, we just wanted to collect them. And and uh, I don't... Do you remember how many there were? Strange the old collection we called beer can collecting. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's 24 Scenics. Wow. They came in that handy, you know, carryable 24 can case. Oh. And each... Each beer, each beverage provided a new piece of artwork for you to sit back and enjoy and hopefully remember in half an hour from now. Yeah, right. You're not working on 23 and forgetting how to spell your name. But uh, yeah, the Schmidt Scenics, they all had some kind of beautiful artwork. So tonight we're going to pay an homage to the Scenic Collection right in front of me. As a good kid who uh, collected beer cans, I have in front of us all 24 cans of the Schmidt Scenic Collection. That is amazing. Now, you know, we should have sort of a quiz to see how many we could identify before looking at them, but I'd have to admit right now, other than the muscalunge and maybe Canadian honkers, the geese, I can't remember the other 22, so... Well, I know. I know you had you had white-tailed deer. Oh yeah, of course. It's there was there was deer. the bison on the prairie. Ah, there was the uh, race cars on a racetrack. I, I can only guess at the Minnesota State Fair, or the BIR. Could be Brainerd International Raceway. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Uh, which I might add, I think on a good day you can hear from your Gull Lake locale. Oh yes, yes. Sounds you, of cars uh, racing. If you canoe up, the further up river you go, of course, you start to hear it. And uh, the pit crews cursing, <laughs> air wrenches cranking, engines racing. Yes, Good indeed. stuff. And the one that always kind of made me pine nostalgic was the uh, the, fr- the big freight train. Oh, yeah. There's one can that always had a big freight train on it. Um, but other than that, I know there's more. There's 24 of them. I think we covered about six. So Yeah, holy cow. So, Lord knows what we'll pull out. So we're going to look at at least one, possibly two. Who knows? Maybe we'll get crazy. And it's sort of the Schmidt uh, scenic drawing it, of the night. It is the drawing. So I'll I'll take the cap off this box of scenics and now dig deep into the scenic collection and produce the first one we will discuss. And oh my goodness, Fud, will you look at that? Ice fishing. Ice fishing. Pulling out another than other than a big musky. There it I is. Think, isn't that a muscalunge? He's got one on the ice, laying still, and one coming up through the through the hole in the ice. We look to the side, of course, the uh, the bait bucket, which oh, yeah, I'm hoping isn't frozen solid. He's got a giant <laughs> ice cube full of dead minnows, and then uh, yet another fish. Some kind of uh, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. He's got like an ice pick there, and then of course is. His ice shaving spoon oh, yes. for getting the uh, shavings out of the out of the ice fishing hole. He's he's on a frozen body of water and he's he's got ice ice houses around him. But of course, being a real Schmidt drinking Minnesotan, he's not <laughs> in an ice house. They're all oh. in their houses and he's enjoying uh, the cold water through the ice, uh, no shelter, wearing a, a classic red and black uh, hunter's cap. The ear flaps down, I think, and uh, 
Indeed. All flanneled up. Those might even be Will Steger mucklucks on his feet. <laughs> Don, we're not going to get into legal trouble. Right? No, I don't think so. Good. Great Minnesota company. So, there it is. The musky fisherman on the yeah, ice. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to set down the ice fisherman, and I'm going to go mm. ahead and, and dig deep here. Actually, Fudd, you want to do honors this time? Oh, okay. I'm going to pull Not looking. He's going completely blind into this. I'm trying to go deep. Hear the cans clinking. Well, that's okay. It's funny. Of course, you pull them out and you go, oh, yes, I remember that one. Are these pronghorns? Pronghorn antelope. Yes, indeed. Pronghorn antelope. You don't see a lot of these in Minnesota. Maybe to the west. South Dakota? Near the uh, South Dakota border. But uh, pronghorn antelope, a couple drinking out of a body of water and one looking very alert. Off in the distance, uh, some buttes, some mesas, and a, and a windmill from the yeah. looks of it. Uh, right. farmers, farmer's windmill. Now, do you have any pronghorn stories from Fudd's life of the past? Fudd, do you? No. To not, me, I always thought that was like, uh, yeah, that would be on somebody's uh, outdoors show from their exotic trip out west somewhere, you know. I never saw any. Well, uh, I, I do have uh, a short tale to tell uh, concerning the, the mighty pronghorn antelope. I know uh, a couple things. I've, I mentioned a cousin of mine earlier who hunts everything that has a pulse. Yes. And several of his trips found him in the Dakotas and, and near Wyoming. Um, you know, closer to us than, than headed west. You're, you're just into Wyoming, but he was doing some pronghorn hunting and and came back, of course, with his limit, which I, I don't know what the limits are on pronghorn antelope as we don't really see them much here. But uh, asking him at one point, well, what do you do with it? And getting a, a very curt Minnesotan, well, you eat it. <laughs> I, I said, okay, else? well, I, <laughs> I guess I figured that. Uh, how do you how do you like it? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> We're not going to go much deeper than this, are we? Nope. Nope. All right. All right. Oh. But the, uh, another sidelight, I, I was uh, taken during the years of the great Carter administration gas shortage. Remember those days? Oh, yes, yes. Well, and yeah. lines at the gas pumps and gas stations running out of gas and, and all this kind of stuff, and it... it Almost threw a wrench into a family trip. We were going to take that summer. It was my sisters had long moved out. It was just my fa, my mom, bleh, my mom and dad and I. Uh, Don will get that later. Um, and myself and a brand spanking new chartreuse Ford Pinto. And I did not want to take the Pinto. And I, we may not have. We may have taken the bigger car that actually had a non-functioning air conditioner. But it, it had at least the promise of an air conditioner. I knew we were going to go west. And my dad had it in his head. My gosh, we got to get out to Yellowstone. Got to do it. We're going to go through parts of North Dakota, see Teddy Roosevelt's old hunting cabin. We go through the, the little bighorn battlefield. We're going to see... I believe it was either Spearfish, South Dakota, or Lead, South Dakota, where Wild Bill Hickok was shot holding the infamous dead man's hand. Uh, I think that might have been Aces and Eights, if I'm not mistaken. Shot through the back while he was playing his card game. And then ultimately we are going to find ourselves in, in Yellowstone. And as a kid, just kind of used to lakes and trees and, and the Twin Cities, um, it was quite an experience crossing the border, being... You know, hours and hours of South Dakota just felt like it went out forever. Yes. And uh, sunflower fields, and then kind of wastelands. And all of a sudden, they started showing up. And I just remember my dad going, well, Look out the window, kid. And 
sure enough, pronghorn antelope. Hmm. And first it was like one or two or three, and then pretty soon it was ten, twenty. Dad, look at all the pronghorn. Hey, Mom, check that out. Oh, my goodness, yes. It got to the point soon where there were hundreds of these things. <laughs> wow. They were everywhere. To the point, sadly, where it was no longer an event. It was like, there's more antelope. What's in the cooler? You know, I'd start peeling the lid off that squeaky styrofoam cooler and looking through. You got any more of those juice barrels? Yeah. You brought comic books, right? There's more pronghorn. Yeah, yeah, pronghorn antelope. Uh, another 200 or so over there. Look at that. Well, it got to the point, I think, at one point where they were coming across the freeway. Oh, my God. People were slowing down because they were just pronghorn bouncing across the freeway. But they do have an interesting gait if you've never seen them. I mean, they kind of they almost spring. They don't run so much as they uh, almost bounce. Right. And they were yeah. everywhere. My goodness. Now, ironically, we took our kids on a driving trip out west and getting out to the Badlands. And I kept telling the kids before we left, man, there's, you're not going to believe it. There's going to be pronghorn antelope everywhere we're gonna have probably even have to stop the car at points because they're gonna be crossing the freeway oh that's cool that's cool all the way through south dakota into what where were we wyoming i think we got at one point not a one oh. <laughs> there wasn't a pronghorn to be seen huh. at one point i think my son might have turned around where are all these antelope you keep talking <laughs> about gee I, uh, I i don't know uh, i know we did a trip too in the train once we took the empire builder from uh, st paul minnesota all the way out to Glacier. And, uh, there too, I thought, man, we're on the train. We're going right through the heart of scrub country. There's going to be just antelope everywhere. It's going to be crazy. We might even see some bison. And this, that, and the other thing. Not a one. I don't know. Maybe maybe those hunters oh. got so good at it that the pronghorn have gone into hiding. Or I'm not sure. but I guess it's the trend, but uh, that's unfortunate. It is. It is, and it was. I, I just remember thinking, man, it was the late 70s, and they were everywhere, and now it's the mid-90s, and boy, you can't find a pronghorn to save your... Uh, mid-90s, and late 90s, early early 21st century, and there was just nothing to be seen. Nothing to be seen at all. I think there are more buffaloes coming back because they're being farmed and raised than... Absolutely. Than yeah, buffalo farms. Got those right here in the Twin Cities. Don't have to go all that far to find... Herds bison right here in the in the greater Twin Cities area. So, hmm. I know we saw a crew last time we were headed out past Chisago Lakes. There was a guy farming bison out there. My kids thought that was amazing, and I was like, "Yeah, that is cool." Right, uh, more exciting than the one or two they have at uh, Coma Park. <laughs> Look at Stay, that. standing around, right, looking at you. <laughs> anyway, now I do want to mention. These cans are of a vintage for those out there who remember the great old days of beer can collecting. I've got one in my hand here I, I, that they still printed strong on the top, oh, so yeah. you didn't get confused. This isn't three-two <laughs> beer, and this one must be a newer one. Cause it's got the it's got the pop top lid that kind of folds back on itself, and you're not throwing any waste away. But I got a couple here that are the old style, the old version, where at the top. You know, in fact, this one, uh-huh. somebody even dropped the tab right in the can, which to me always seemed a little dangerous. What if you drink the thing and <laughs> shred your esophageal? But, uh, yeah, again, with the strong on top, dispose of properly. Please don't litter. Don't throw these pop tops, beer tops, into the rivers, creeks, and lakes so that people step on them, uh-huh. cut up their feet. I know many would say, oh, come on, that's a, that's a tale. Nobody ever did that. I, for one, did. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. Laced open my big toe once, stepping on a beer tab. I was dug nice. down in the mud. Oh, dear. Cruising around our dock, so... It could happen. It could absolutely happen, but... Uh, boy, these were a treasure when I found them. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. Oh, my gosh, look at this. Do I have this one? Well, ironically, I think I've mentioned that behind our cabin, way out in the woods, was sort of this old dump full of things that, to a kid my age, was just sort of like, my God, this is amazing, you know... All this old stuff. And yes, it's all rusty and full of 22 bullet holes, but wow! And the bulk of this collection came right out of that, uh, oh, really? that fascinating fascinating trash dump. So yes, indeed. Well, we have more Schmidt Scenics for a future installment of the Scenic Moment. So perhaps it's a good point to let Don take things over and get a word in from the sponsors. I'll reshelve these cans. Pick it up with the, the next topic. Let's see. Sounds good to me. All right, sir. Don? We'd like to encourage you to stick around after cabin country each week and slow down a bit. Pick up some of the small town wisdom of today and yesteryear with good old Lloyd. Thank you, thanks. It's so good to be here with all of you again. I'm Lloyd. Well, now it's been a been a slow week in Baxter. It, uh, it's time to open up the cabin. It uh, brought back memories of heading up to the shack with Gramps, and this time of year we'd head up, and after the long drive, he'd have us sit in the car and. Oh my, is that... Oh, that's my song already. I'll, I'll just get right into it. Gramps, you made us happy up there. The shack was so much joy to us. That's Lloyd. Good old Lloyd. And don't forget to stick around every week for Lloyd's special musical guests. Well, this week, our musical guests are Billy and Johnny. So I see you must be Billy and you're Johnny. That's right, Lloyd. And I see the... Is this right? The name of the song is Sweet Ball Peen? No, no. Folksy Americana, Lloyd. Folksy Americana. Sweet Ball Peen. Well, that's a hammer, isn't it? That's that's right, Lloyd. Well, yeah. Ball Peen Hammer. You know, my grandpa had several of those in his tool... Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country. In my day, starting up in Cabin Country, the mighty whitefish chain, and many of you know it and love it, and uh, in the 70s, it was a lot of homemade boats, it was a lot of quiet, 
It was, I mean, a lot of lakes. Again, I don't know the exact number. Somebody could Google it for us or someone from the DNR or the Chamber of Commerce and Cross Lake or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. It's 15. No, 17. 13. There's a lot of lakes. You could be on the water all day long, never seem to see the same stretch of, of water all day long. But uh, that has changed. That has changed mightily over the last When A good friend of ours, Fudd, is, is in real estate and was dreaming of perhaps going up there to to cash in and and maybe relocate because he loved the area so much and uh the joke now is it's referred to as minnetonka north and and with the mcmansions (laughs) that have replaced our old fishing shacks have come you know the the sea rays the inboards with you know there's the cabin underneath and and you can get 15 of your friends on there and fire up the subwoofer and and the sad thing is fud i think one of those right now goes for about what i paid for my house which is frightening, absolutely frightening. So that's the way of it. Uh, the way of things it is the way things are done. I guess if you want and to be in debt, there's even more. There's got to be a way. I, I'll go back to this over and over again. You know, for those of us that love cabin country and spent a lot of time in it, and uh, you, you know, you're still there. God love you. You're still there, enjoying every second of it, and you're making the most of it. We we pulled out at one point because of rising costs. And uh, and sadly, as kids become young adults, they, they tend to go their own way and kind of lose interest or whatever. And then once it's too late, they look back and say, gee, you know, had we perhaps hung on to that. Um, I, always, I always come back to there's got to be a way for the average Joe, you know, or the average Josephine to get themselves in there and find a way to make it work and not have to take out a fifth mortgage on the house and say goodbye to the kids' college fund and the whole bit. Just... To kind of get your feet back into cabin country, because it's it's tough to tough to reestablish yourself once it's gone. But let that be a lesson to you out there. If you've still got your place, hang on to it like grim death, because uh, if once it's gone, it's gone. And and really, I mean, what what fun? I mean, how much how much better can it be? There's nothing nothing better than sunsets and loon calls on a on a lake and a you know as the temperatures are getting a little cooler. On a July evening, <laughs> August night. I mean, it's all, all good. Are you done, Bjorn? Yes, yes, I'm done. You're uh, sounding a little maudlin there. Eh? Getting a little weepy. I, I apologize. It's getting choked up. I, but it's a sad story. Well, let's talk about our other uh, episodes we've got to look forward yes, to. Yes, yes, cabin country of the near future. If you want to hang with us again. In uh, upcoming episodes, we're going to be looking at uh, hunting, hunting instead of fishing. Here, Fud, cabin as a base, uh, base camp for some woodland adventures uh, during gun season or perhaps bow season. We'll also talk about the various sea vessels we've had and the the good, the bad, and the ugly motors that either propelled or failed to propel our boats. Uh, Heavy weather. What do we do when when uh, Mother Nature? gets angry what do we do in cabin country and uh the time-honored tradition fud of putting in the dock oh yes successes the occasional heartbreak also in springtime when we get cabin fever and spend the time going through our tackle boxes taking inventory of all the cool lures we've collected and all the cool ones yet to buy and and many more cans from Bjorn's Schmidt Scenic Beer Can Collection to go through. That will be uh, Cabin Country in the near future. Future episodes, we hope you uh, will join us again and refill your coffee cup. 
Bloodflutter. Any last thoughts? Just a quick thanks to Engineer Don and his audio sound effects library and his peculiar musical contributions. And <laughs> we look forward to you joining us on Cabin Country next time out. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.